This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the fire. Welcome to the fire, boys. My name is Parker McDonald. And I'm Walter Lee, and we'll be your hosts on this episode of the Southern Collective Hunting Podcast. If you're a new hunter trying to learn the basics, or you're a veteran woodsman just trying to get through your workday, there's always a place at our campfire for you. Speaking of the fire, we would love it if you guys would join our growing Patreon community and be a part of the best and only digital deer camp south of Mason Dixon Line. Come on. If you'd like and learn more, click on the link in the show notes. But for now, Walt, welcome, welcome to, to the fire. fire. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Southern Collective Podcast. Uh, guys, this is going to be a fun one. We haven't done one of these in a long time. And... I promise you that I was going to keep finding or that I would work to find a new way to introduce these podcasts instead of something like we've got a fun one. Problem is I have a blast doing this shit and I enjoy bringing it to you guys. So I'm just, I'm thrilled to be on the phone with a dude uh, until, until very recently had facial hair and that's throwing me off. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. I'm kind of worried I had the wrong guest on, but we've got a, a, a legend of the Virginia deer woods, a legend of the Patreon group. We got Mr. James Moffat, dude. What's going on? What is up, man? How you doing? I'm riding high. Been good season. <laughs> Been a good day. Yeah, dude. I, I, I'm digging the the backdrop here with all the books and the de- the dead things. Like that's a yeah, yeah. It feels like a man cave. Yeah. It. Uh. Well, it's funny because it was a man cave that is currently being converted into a nursery. 
Oh. So <laughs> I don't know like how much longer it's going to be the mm-hmm. way it is, but it's uh, for now, this is what it looks like. So. <laughs> there was a collective groan. I'm willing to bet from a variety of guys who listened to that knew exactly what you, what you were going through. I'm going through something yeah. similar. So I used to have a lot of really cool stuff on this wall. Um, mm-hmm. And then my wife uh, got a promotion and outranks me. And so at, at work, and so um, she now has to have uh, a backdrop that she feels comfortable with. And for some reason, two dead critters, uh, a dead fish outline, uh, some random little photo and arrows just doesn't work for her aesthetic. So all my stuff is going on that wall and all her stuff yeah. is going on that wall. So I've got to figure that out here in the near future. But um, yeah, I know that feeling for sure. <laughs> it's a juggle, man. Um, mm-hmm. But dude, let's give give everybody kind of the 411. Who are you? How long have you been part of the Patreon group? Kind of tell everybody your a little bit of your backstory. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I like, you know, I'm, I guess like a good way to introduce it is I'm an adult onset hunter. I've been hunting actually like I got a Facebook memory on the last Saturday, which is the opener of rifle here in Virginia. That was like a picture of the first buck I'd ever killed. Also the Mm -hmm. first deer I'd ever killed. Um, So that was like four years ago. And then uh, since then I've, you know, I've gotten like a lot more into it and had a lot more success and, have like in some ways oriented some of my business and work around it too, like running trailhead. Um, we definitely work with like hunting brands and brands in the outdoor space. And that's how I originally got hooked up with Parker. Cause we were just like, Hey, we're like kind of the same dude. Like obviously we have similar tastes in music, both have a bunch of tattoos, both live on the <laughs> East coast, like are not what you would expect from like a deer hunter in a lot of mm-hmm. cases. And we definitely don't look like a lot of the meat eater dudes and stuff like that, even though I'm wearing like a meat eater hat. Um, but you know, it's, uh, so we just like kind of became buddies just like talking about that and like kind of, uh, you know, pointing out the fact that we had like some similar interests in history and whatnot and talked about doing some collaboration together and whatnot. And from that, like when the Patreon came around, I joined up, I guess it was about summertime of this mm-hmm. year when I joined up. Um, just kind of like getting more involved with the community that you guys are building. And that's been really fun. Like I've gotten a lot of good like information. It's a good place to have like a sounding board to ask questions for like tips and tricks and strategy and stuff like that. And uh, you know, obviously the gear swap is nice. And then talking to you about the new bike setup that you guys are working with has been fun just since I have a history as, you know, being a bicycle mechanic and racing bikes and whatnot. Um, And like hunting by bike is something that, I've been experimenting with a bit too, um, to the extent even of, I think in the next couple of years, I'm going to try and start doing like combining bike touring and hunting. So I'll like ride and camp off of a bike and hunt off of it as well. Um, so I'm trying to figure out like how to do that basically. But like if they're, you know, the closest WMA to me is like 45 minutes by car. So mm. it's probably like a two hour bike ride. So mm. it's like, are there ways for me to like ride a bike there, hunt for a couple of days, ride back. Um, so starting to try and figure that out, but we'll see what happens. So, <laughs> so let's, uh, so let's explore this for a second. Um, you said you and Parker have similar tastes in music. I talked to Parker mm-hmm probably every day, at least once a day on the phone. Right. Um, admittedly, I probably talk to him on the phone more than I do my wife most days. Right. Um, mm-hmm. 
I have no idea what kind of music Parker listens to. So you said you yeah. have a shared interest there. What, what, what kind of music do you listen to? So a lot of hardcore punk metal, um, that kind of stuff. Like I was in a bunch of bands coming up and I mean, that's like part of my story as a hunter too. Like I, you know, I was an Eagle scout and like really into the outdoors when I was a kid and then moved to the city and like completely went away from it. And like completely was just in like music tattoos, like touring, playing shows, um, you know, doing that kind of stuff, like zero interest in anything like outdoors oriented. And as I got older, I realized like how much I missed it and like, kind of started falling back into it and I've always had a big interest in like food and sustainability and those things. And so it just seemed like a, uh, kind of natural origin overall. Um, but I know like Parker was a musician. I think he played guitar for a long time and I played drums in a bunch of bands and stuff. And, um, so, you know, like it's, I started following him on Instagram and watching the videos and stuff. And I was like, Oh, this dude kind of looks like me. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. and it's uh, it was like one of the first times I'd ever really like seen that. Yeah, and I'm totally yeah. like self-taught hunter. Like I didn't have like a mentor or anything really. So it's like I learned how to hunt from like YouTube and reading books and honestly just like a ton of trial and error and like mm-hmm. getting out in the woods mm-hmm. and like screwing up a bunch of stuff. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I was washing my clothes with Tide until <laughs> you know for the first like two years I was hunting before I realized that like. That's not a thing you do. <laughs> Might not be the wisest thing, right? Right, exactly. So, like, you know, there's and and just like meeting friends, like obviously, like guys in the bike racing community, like some of those dudes hunt, and I started meeting like some other like music dudes that hunted, and it seemed like once I started kind of making it more public that mm-hmm. I was like hunting and like making that thing, like guys kind of came out of the woodwork and were like, oh, I did that too, and you know, then I started learning stuff and um, getting a little bit more of that like community Mm -hmm. support that I needed, which is like another awesome thing about the Patreon is like, it's there, you know, like there it's nice being able to share that success picture or, um, just posting up, you know, something like I'm freezing my ass off today cause it's raining and (laughs) (laughs) and that kind of stuff and getting, uh, getting the peanut gallery to chime in on some of that stuff. So, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, you said I didn't have any mentors and I'm like, yeah, I had mentors, but they didn't know what the hell they were talking about. So I might as well not had mentors. Like I had to unlearn mm-hmm. a lot of really bad habits. You know, um, I, I remember one, one time, old one of the like killers of the camp was like, man, you boys don't kill anything. Cause you don't hold your farts in. If you don't hold your fart, they can tell you're a predator when they smell your yeah. fart. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. I mean, you're a 70 year old dude. You've got a bunch of deer on the wall. So clearly, you know, I mean, like, so I remember like as a teenager, like shaking, trying to like hold farts in, you know, and like not die. Right. But, um, I yeah, dude, I, I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I think that's the kind of what's coolest about the Patreon group though, is, you know, you talked about you're, you're in Virginia, Parker's in Alabama. Mm-hmm. I'm in Florida. Yeah. Uh, we got yeah. guys in Georgia and Tennessee and Kentucky and Missouri. And, and there's, there's like-minded guys everywhere, but so seldom do we find ourselves on the same city block. Like we once used to like growing up, it used to be yeah. at least for me and a lot of people, everybody on the block, you could find two or three guys that did what you did. Right. And there was some companionship mm-hmm. there. And now um, hunting isn't cool anymore, right? A lot of people, it catches kind of a lot of hell. So people try to keep it on the DL, I think a lot in the urban areas. Um, oh, yeah. and, uh, I mean, today 
I was hanging from my new lockdown trying to get, get, you know, my setup done in the front yard. Uh, I live in the country. Uh, I should point that out with my seven mag bolt action with the bolt completely removed. It's completely safe. And I'm sitting there on the, in the tree, you know, like, well, can I get a good anchor here? Yep. I can get a good anchor here. And so like had to learn my setup and it's like growing up, I could have done that anywhere I wanted to. And now you can't. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. things have changed. Yeah. I mean, I live in a city, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and like we've got, I mean, we live in kind of a, a neighborhood and I've got trees that I can hang on and stuff, but when I do, I can like see into my neighbor's yards and exactly all those types of things. And, um, I definitely keep it a little more on like the DL here with a lot of that, but I have like, as I've started, you know, I'm lucky to have a fairly active like backcountry hunters and English chapter here. And as I've like started going to some of those things and just like, meeting people, you know, I've connected to a lot more guys that are like me in this area that mm-hmm. are, you know, tattooed, have an interest in the arts, like all, you know, everything, the antithesis of what I feel like a lot of people perceive a hunter to be, which is like what I identified so much with, uh, Parker with too. It's just like, you know, you're not that like, I don't even know how to put it, but like, you're not that like redneck, you know? Yeah farm boy type whatever it is um and that's fine if that's your thing like more power to you like i don't care you know (laughs) but um but it's nice to be able to talk to people about you know similar interests and all those types of things like outside hunting so it's an interesting thing but the you know the political sphere here is definitely Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a big fan of it in a lot of ways so yeah. I mean, I think it's just kind of an undercurrent anywhere. Anytime you get into the urban areas, there's just this disconnect. You know, I heard it once said that we've, we've grown accustomed to swiping a card or paying for someone else to get their hands dirty so that we don't have to. Mm-hmm. And while that convenience was yeah. great, the end result is no, everybody's just completely disconnected from, you know, my wife, dude, I, I don't know if you really listened much to chasing tales before. So you may not have heard the story, but my wife was like one bad encounter away from being anti hunting when we met. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. like, I was like the epitome of redneck and I'm not, I'm, I'm just a good old country boy, but by all stretch of imagination, but using that like PC spectrum, right? Like redneck being like this derogatory thing. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so yeah. like, um, we got married <clears throat> or we started dating and I'm explaining it. I'm like, it's no different than you paying somebody to kill a deer, uh, kill a cow and put the meat on the table. And she goes, yeah, but you enjoy mm-hmm. the killing. I'm like, well, kind of, I enjoy the process. You know, there's like this just right. overall disconnect that's there, but, uh, it's not there in the Patreon group. You got not, right. uh, 93 guys cheering you on. Yeah. Yeah. And they get it. And I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, I'm in the same, like I hit this point where I was just like, so I was, I guess I should like preface some of this too with before I started hunting, I was vegetarian for 18 years. What? And, oh yeah. Uh, and like 180 right (laughs) Um, well i did it for exactly what you're talking about like i did it to like pay attention to what i was eating yeah you know and like um and that seemed like the solution and then i hit this point where i was just like i'm just i'm still just eating shit out of boxes and like Mm -hmm. monocropping corn is just as bad for the environment as like factory farming Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and so I like, you know, and I happened to just discover like meat eater and some other stuff like that at the same time. And I had some books. Um, and I was like, well, maybe there's like a third option here, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like how I fell into it. Um, but I mean, even still, like you're saying, it's like, I like 
I enjoy a successful hunt and like that thrill and like feeling it all come together and like all those types of things. Like I don't necessarily always enjoy like pulling the trigger, you know? And I think that's something that I still struggle with a lot, like killing an animal and the, just, you know, everything that goes into that from like an emotional perspective. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I enjoy the rewards and I enjoy like hosting dinners and whatnot and being like this whole table is wild game that I harvested, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and I enjoy that like the majority of meat that we eat is like deer that I harvest. And, um, so that makes it worth that, you know, bit of discomfort, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> during, well, and you know, during, it's funny every time I pull like out like a pack of steaks, like there's always this thought for me and maybe I'm just weird. I, I don't know. You guys shoot me a message. Let me know if I'm weird about this. I know I'm weird in general, but like every time I pull out a pack of steaks or meat or chicken or pork chops, fill in the blank. I'm, I always give it the sniff test. Cause it's like, I don't trust it. Right. Like I, I look, I have to like inspect it cause I don't trust it. When I go out there and I grab wild venison or wild pork or whatever it is that I packaged, I know when I put it in that dead gum freezer, I know when it was, how it was handled. And I pull that thing out, I slap it in the pan and I just go, and there's just this different peace of mind yeah. um, that's there. And I think that's, there's a, a million reasons why we might do what we do. And we just covered a couple of them, but I kind of want to talk about uh, tonight's tonight's topic. And that is you having a banner year, dude. Um, when we started this year off really getting to know each other starting in the the summer, which by the way, you, you joined Patreon July 31st. I looked it up. Um, oh, cool. it yeah, wasn't, it, right. it was about that time that you and I started to get to know each other. Uh, you were poor mouth in the year. You were keeping expectations really low, like a good head <laughs> football coach. You know, yeah. you, were, you, you were managing yeah. expectations, yeah. uh, under, under promise and over deliver. Um, and then, uh, about two thirds of the deer that have been killed in Virginia have come by your hand, man. So I kind of want to break that down. Like what, I'll take that. <laughs> what, what's been going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, a lot of things, I think like the, I started out bad mouth in the year. Cause last year I killed a booner and did you, really? was, you know, biggest, yeah, as biggest buck to date, 22 inch spread, seven point, um, Holy crap. You no. Know, yeah, huge buck on a lease that I've had for oh, okay. years. No, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> just some private land. I met the guy through um, some other stuff, and it was just yeah. a private farm. And um, you know, I've been I got permission to hunt there for years, and a couple other boys had hunted there forever and mm-hmm. had known this guy. You know, he's real old. Blaine was real old, and uh, the, uh, the other guys have stands everywhere and cameras everywhere. So they saw me kill this deer. There's basically no way to avoid them seeing me kill this deer and went and whined to the owner. And I got kicked off that lease because of it, even though there was no prior arrangement about like the size of buck that I could kill or, you know, the sex of mm-hmm. deer that I could kill mm-hmm. or anything like that. They were just hurt that I took a nice deer off the property and they didn't. Um, so I lost that lease. And then this year going into the year I had lost another lease and the other lease that I had was just like not producing. You know, so I was, I was like really not kind of stoked for this year. Cause I, I didn't have anywhere to hunt. I was like, I'm going to be doing public land all year, which is like, fine. That's awesome. I think it's a great resource that we have, mm-hmm. but we all know like it's a grind. Mm-hmm. And in Virginia, like there's not a lot and it gets hammered. And so it's, you know, it's a lot of work to kill deer on public land here. Um, but at the last minute, like an old friend of mine realized that his 
property qualified for urban archery here. And so he was like, yeah, you can come hunt. Let's do it. I have deer in my yard every day. Um, and so that opened up and then, oh, the other lease that I thought I lost came back around and hell yeah, you know, I got, I got permission there. And so suddenly like these two great properties opened up and I was able to kind of align my season accordingly to that. Um, so, you know, again, like living in a city and whatnot, that urban archery is like a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it, uh, Virginia has an abundance of over, overpopulation in urban areas. Like if you know anything about Taylor Chamberlain, like he can talk to you about hunting Fairfax all day. And he and I have done some stuff together along those lines. And I mean, the overpopulation in Northern Virginia, especially is ridiculous. I think that guy kills like 330 some odd deer a year. Like Fairfax has a year round open season. Um, cause it's just that bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, and they're a, a County next to me here, um, is getting to be that way. Like the per capita of hunters is extremely low and the per capita of deer is extremely high. And so, uh, that urban property just happened to fall in that range. So our urban season here opens like September 8th. So I was able to start hunting like super early. Um, and that's where I took that first seven point off of his property, um, which was awesome. And that was after missing two does because my mm-hmm. drop away rest on my bow was screwed up. And so my arrows were flying out like crazy straws, man. Like they were, it was bad. <laughs> oh, I remember you having that dialogue in, uh, yeah. was that in Patreon, right? Yeah. yeah, it was. And you actually helped me a lot because you were like, paper tune your damn bow yeah i kept being like no 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 i just bought it it's fine like it shoots good i'm hitting yeah. i'm hitting my phone <laughs> target that, no. like you know like i'm hitting my phone target with broadheads with you know field points everything like it's shooting like it should and you were like paper tune your damn bow. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> after i missed that second doe and these are like chip shots i mean i could have spat on her she's like yeah. 10 yards under me like should have been a dead deer um I was like, all right, I'm going to go paper tune my bow. <laughs> and so I went to the bow shop and paper tuned it. And sure enough, I mean, I sent a picture to the, pa- to the Patreon group. That rip in that paper was like four inches It wide. was bad. Like, it was huge. It was bad. Yeah, it was yeah. bad. <laughs> um, so I spent a couple hours there and shot like 50 arrows and got that thing dialed. And then sure enough, like two weeks later, I had a nice – seven point like feed in and it was funny because the homeowner was actually taking his kids to school and texted me and was like there's a buck in the front yard he's coming right now and sh- i looked up and sure enough like that buck was walking straight into the backyard and i uh, had a nice like 25 yard broadside shot and just sm- absolutely smoked him um so which was awesome and would not have happened if i hadn't have taken the advice of the patreon group and gone and paper tuned my yeah. so. you know there, there's always this fine line between like knocking somebody over the head right and like letting them make their own mistakes but there was so much frustration that you had had felt up until that point i remember that yeah. i was like dude it, this is if the car doesn't i think i even said this i said if the car doesn't start the first thing you do is check your battery right and that's that's paper right. tuning is you start by checking yeah. your battery um yeah. and i'm glad you did because it fixed it like that yeah it did 100 percent. and that's just like that's one of those like new hunter things to me where i was yep. just like you know, this bow, I'm standing in my backyard and I hung a saddle set up in my backyard and was shooting from the tree and from flat ground mm-hmm. at 25 yards and was, I mean, just 
zero ring in it, you know, arrow after arrow after arrow. And so I was like, well, it can't like, it's gotta be something else. Like maybe I have like, I'm target panicking or I don't know what it is. Um, but I guess it was just something about how those arrows were flying that were just not working the way they should. Um, so as soon as I took y'all's advice and actually went and did it, fix that problem. So, um, <laughs> and killed that buck. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you did, man. I'm glad you, you got that. How far did he run? So like in the urban setting, I'm always curious, like how far did he run? So this is a two acre property. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's nice because there's like the house and then it's like the backyard is a straight drop down into like this little ravine that's back there. And I'm able to sit like kind of midpoint on this like little ridge, like saddle that's in there mm-hmm. basically. And it's just acres like all around just dropping. Um, and so he, I shot him and he ran straight under me. And I mean, like, you know, just he splattered the tree I was on, just covering blood and uh, ran up through the neighbor's backyard and then cut back down into that ravine. And like, as the crow flies from me to him, probably 50 yards, but like the circuit he took was probably like 120 or so. Um, but my permission knows his neighbor super well. And we were able to text them and just be like, Hey, we need to walk through your backyard and trail this deer. And I mean, it was like a red carpet the whole way to him. So it was, yeah. I couldn't have asked for a better situation in an urban setting. Um, Cause that's always a big stress for me. Like I don't want to shoot a deer and have it like run out into the street and die yeah. at the bus stop in front of a bunch of kids or yeah. something. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's always like a huge stressor, but it's nice. So just the way that property sets up, it's like almost any way I'm going to shoot a deer, they're going to run down and yeah, die, yeah, yeah, yeah. die like in the ravine. So it's kind of a great setup. You got to love that dude. Oh yeah, it's awesome. So from uh, there, from there, it's all been all bucks this year, right? Mm-hmm, so far, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Does just aren't worth your time, I guess. Um, I, dude, I've barely seen it. Really. <laughs> like, I missed those two, which was what led me to painting yeah. the bow. Like, those were both those were both does. Um, but I hadn't I hadn't been seeing as many since. So you're just a big buck killer, man. You got, you got that Sheesh. Crockett and it's all downhill from there or uphill. I wish, I guess is how you should look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Break down this next one for us, man. Oh man. Yeah. So that one was muzzleloader season. Yep. Um, I think like the second week or so here. Um, and that's out at that much bigger property that I have, which was, is just an awesome place to hunt. And, uh, it's probably like one of the worst approaches into a hunt I think I've had in like a minute. Like it was bad. Like <laughs> woke up late, got there late, uh, had to poop on a tree. Like, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, somehow managed to get turned around going in, even though I knew where I was wanting to go and, uh, couldn't find my tree. Like just, I don't know. I just caught, like got kind of <laughs> tree blind, I guess for a minute. I don't know. Yeah. Like, so I was stomping all over the place and it's all, you know, just dry leaves and dead sticks back there and I'm making just an absolute ton of noise and, uh, finally find a tree. And I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going up this tree. It's climbable. Like I'm done doing it. I know I'm in the general area of where I want to be. So screw it. Mm-hmm. I'm up this tree. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I'd been watching deer like in this crossing for a while. I'd hung up a hundred years, yards down the road, uh, from it a couple of times and just watched deer using this crossing. So I was like, well, obviously I need to scoot over. Um, 
So I was like, I knew I was in the vicinity of that crossing. Uh, got up the tree, clanked every stick on everything I could the whole way up the tree. Um, it's like gray light by this point. Get to the top of the tree, realize that my pool rope had come untied. So my rifle and my pack are at the bottom of the tree. Had to climb all the way back down, get my rifle and my pack, climb all the way back up. God. <laughs> and like, and I mean, at this point, I'm just like, I'm hot like figuratively yep, and yep. physically like I'm sweating, I'm pissed off, like, annoyed at myself for not having my shit together a little better. I was out there with a buddy and I was texting him. And I was like, I think that's like the worst I've ever done this. <laughs> like, everything about this. Um, and he was like, yeah, I didn't have a great climb either. I just got up and I was like, well, at least we're both in the same boat. And I no sooner like sent that text to him than I heard that rustling behind me. Uh huh. Um, and so, I turn, see this nice like seven point coming through. He's on a line, like moving quick. Uh, he's offside, like weak side. You know, I'm in a saddle. Um, so I'm like trying to get earplugs in real quick because I'm shooting a muzzle loader and trying to get the rifle off of my like HYS strap and mm-hmm. slung across my bridge so that I can shoot offside. Um, as he comes into a shooting lane, I happen to get most of my, my earplugs like enough in that I'm like, all right, cool. I probably won't do more damage than I did like being in bands for years. Um, (laughs) and I like merp him and shoot and you know, it's black powder. So there's nothing but a smoke screen in front of my place. I've got earplugs in, so I can't hear him running. And so I'm like, man, I, I yanked the shot super bad. I like rushed it. You know, I was offside. You know, it was just everything yep. was wrong. This whole morning was wrong. Um, and I felt bad about it. I was, and my buddy texted me immediately. I was like, you got something to tell me? And I was like, well, I took a shot. I was like, I don't feel good about it. <laughs> but it happened. Um, I was like, I'm going to just stay up for a while and see what I can see. And I had my binos out and was glassing all around, like trying to see blood, trying to see the deer. I like, couldn't see anything had no idea. And so after about a half an hour, I was just like, it's eating me up. I got to get down and look. Um, so I climbed down and looked and there was blood like right where he was standing, like immediately. Um, and I trailed him back probably about 150 yards again, as the crow flies from where I shot him to where he fell. And I mean, there's blood trail a whole way and I double lunged him and it was a great shot. And I was like, all right, well, there we go. <laughs> so, time to start dragging him out. Um, that's awesome, man. So yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that was awesome. You know, it's it's funny. I was talking to a, a buddy of mine not too long back, and and uh, he had one of those hunts where, and everybody realizes this at some point in time. There are these hunts where everything that could go wrong goes wrong, and it, for whatever reason, those it's like the universe corrects, and it's like mm-hmm. if you just were willing to push through that, you, you end up getting rewarded on the backside. And, uh, yeah. he, he was having one of those same, same kind of days. Like only have like 45 minutes left to shoot. Light. I'm like, you're already in the tree. Like who cares what yeah, noise you made, right? Just, yeah. just stay. You're already there. Yeah. You only have 45 minutes. Yeah. And he ends up shooting this really great deer. And he calls me. He's like, man, mm-hmm. I really appreciate the words. And I'm like, listen, here's the deal. How long did it take you from the time you saw the deer to the time you killed it? He's like five minutes. I was like five minutes real, like real five minutes. He goes, yeah, five minutes. Like how many times can you fit five minutes into 45? Right. Like, eight. Yeah. I'm like, all right, or nine rather. And uh, I think yeah. he said eight. But anyways, um, I was like, well, there you go. You had nine opportunities. I was like, you, you can break it down even further. And you could say, how many times can you start that five-minute window within 45 minutes 
before the five minutes runs out. And he's like, right. I was like, how many seconds can you? He's like, I get it. I get it. I was like, I'm just saying like, no one sees the deer and 20 minutes later kills the deer. It's always like, bam, bam, bam. And so if we can recognize that every moment's your opportunity, man, you know, it it takes no time. I think like the patience thing has been, uh, a big learning experience for me with hunting overall. Just like stay in the tree. You know, like when I first started, I think part of that was also just like bad gear and I was getting cold really easy, yep. but I would only stay in the tree until like 830 or so. Sure. Yeah. You know, and now I hang to lunch at least if I can. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's just like, but it takes time to learn that too. Definitely. Like, you know, those, those, the hangs where you stick it out are the ones where like those coyotes come through, or those turkeys mm-hmm. come through or that buck comes through or whatever it is. Um, yeah, it is like, that's what, that's one of the things I love about hunting so much is just like, Hey, it's totally unpredictable. You Definitely. know, it's like the best laid plans thing, or it's like, you could do everything right. And you're not going to see anything ever, or you could do everything wrong and kill the biggest buck of your best life. Deer of your yep. life. Yep. Yeah. 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 Or it's vice totally- versa. Like I, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, sometimes it works the opposite too. Like last year I scouted this property and, uh, like found this crossing. It was the first time I'd ever really read sign like that. Like it was just like this mud pit that was just chewed up. It looked like a highway. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to hang a set here now, come back first thing tomorrow morning, go up this tree. And I did that. I shot a buck right at first light, you know, first, first muzzleloader deer, first deer out of a saddle. First time I'd ever gone into a place and like read sign and hung up and like killed a deer mm-hmm. because of it. You know, I mean, that one like read the script, you know, <laughs> like a hundred percent. So it's like, you just never know, you know, <laughs> like, yep. it's, uh, it's an and interesting that's the thing. truth is you really don't know. I mean, it, it yeah. it's one of those things I, I heard one time it was like, I'd rather be lucky than good. Right. With hunting. That's the case, man. It's just, it's a matter of, if you look at some of the biggest killers, why do they kill as often as they do? Why does THP kill as many deer as they do? They freaking yeah. live in the woods. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and, and YouTube only allows them to show so much, right? So you don't see all the smaller deer they pass and all the different encounters. At some point in time, they got to cut that video down, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, why is Dave Owens kill as many turkeys as he does? Shane Simpson. Simple yeah. opportunities. Yeah. Number of times you're out there in the woods, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Like, you got to put in the time. And, yeah. Um, I know I really love – um Tony Peterson's like foundations podcast. Yep. Um, Cause he talks a lot about that. He's like, you, you know, being in the woods is huge. And then uh, he talks a lot about just like, again, that patience thing of mm-hmm. just like, you know, you got to stick it out. You got to keep trying and you got to just kind of keep going for it. And like things will happen, you know, but like you Absolutely. have to break that mentality of like, you know, seeing those Midwest hunters that go and sit in a tree for 20 minutes over corn or whatever and shoot <laughs> you know, a Boone Crockett buck because that's just not it. Yeah. Um, which is what I loved about Parker too because, like, he, like, that's another thing I feel like I've learned over the last couple of years, partially because of him. It's just like, you, like, get up in there, man. Like, don't, like, don't sit that cornfield. Like, get back in the nasty stuff. Like, get in that swamp. Like, you know, paddle in somewhere or hike in somewhere or whatever it is. And I've really been pushing myself to do that a lot the last couple of years too. And it's been paying off for sure. Um, it's, it's, kind of, you know, it's interesting though, because 
we had um, Chicken Buck. He comes on and talks about how he went to Missouri, and he went two miles deep, didn't see anything. Right? And then Parker goes to Missouri, hunts for four whole days, hard, four whole days, deep, 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 really, really deep, and doesn't see anything. And I and I send him a text one afternoon, and he's telling me, I don't see anything. I'm, this is the hardest I've hunted. This, is, this sucks. And I'm like, yeah, dude, it totally sucks. It's like, maybe you're too deep. And he's like, well, I'm on the side of the field right now. I'm like 200 yards off the side of the field. He sees a deer. He shoots his Missouri yeah. deer sh- shortly thereafter. Down yep. here in the south, yep. it's different. You got to be deep. You got to be in that thicket. And there's, it's just, it's just a different type of. Um, there's just a different type of approach you have to have. And Parker's aggressive mindset in the south is indicative of what works in the south. Man, you've just got to be aggressive and swing those fences over and over again. Um, and Parker busts a lot of deer. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You can't be scared to do that. No. Like, I've learned that. Like, you you can't be scared to do that. And, like, you know, I, I don't have exclusive, like, leases or anything anywhere. So, mm-hmm. I've learned a lot, too, of just, like, hunting the hunters. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, you can see where other guys have cameras or sets or boot tracks or whatever. And I play off of them just as much as I play off of, you know, scrapes or rubs or whatever that I'm finding. And you know, like Parker's case might be some of that too, where it's like, if everybody's going two miles back, like maybe the deer are right up on the side of the road mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. because they don't, they don't want to be back where all those dudes are in there mucking around. I think uh, in Parker's case, it was the rut and where are the does, the does aren't mm-hmm. going to be three miles deep, right? It's yeah. November. You're hunting the rut. You got to be where the does are. You got to be where the, where the deer yeah. are. Same thing with Matt. When in the last episode, Matt was on, he was hunting November deer with an October mindset. And it wasn't until he flipped that switch that suddenly he, you know, found the success he had. And I'm envious of you because when you start to get up to Virginia, you start to hit this hybrid country, I think at least, based on the feedback I've gotten, I've received, never been there, never hunted there. But a lot of the tactics you hear like on Wired to Hunt can apply. And a lot of the pot, mm-hmm. the stuff that you hear Parker talk about can apply. And so you kind of have this cool game of being able to like, you know, you have a wealth of resources. Whereas I remember distinctly in the early two thousands, picking up outdoor life and going through it and being like, that's cool, but we don't have fence rows. First off, I don't even know what the hell a fence row is. Yeah. Like what is a fence row? Like, mm-hmm. you know, a pinch point. There's just this thing as a pull out there turned out to be pinch points, but it didn't, it didn't look the same, you know? And so um, there was nothing relatable, but you got the benefit of now in 2020 to 2023, you're, you're kicking butt because all this content you've got. Yeah, it's great. Like, that's an awesome thing from a learning perspective, just to like have all of that. And I definitely like am a spun. I'm just that type of person. I'm mm-hmm. super obsessive about stuff. And, um, you know, I soak it up. I love it. Um, but yeah, like Virginia is an interesting state. And where I live is like especially interesting because we're like an hour from the mountains, an hour from, mm-hmm. you know, salt flats. Um, so we have a lot of like a big range of country. Um, you know, I'm like 45 minutes from the Great Dismal Swamp, which has got like the one of the largest black bear populations on the East Coast. And, um, you know, so it's just like a lot of a lot of interesting terrain for us. And we have agriculture. We've got, you know, I'm in like the Piedmont area. So it's all like pre like pre mountain terrain in a lot of cases. So I'm not hiking up like two or three thousand feet of elevation or whatever, but I've got like some good like ridges and valleys and stuff to kind of work around a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
on top of the agriculture and then, you know, a lot of hardwoods, a lot of mass producers. Um, it's a nice range and I'm still figuring out how to use it because I definitely don't have all the answers. There are dudes in Virginia that are doing way better than I am. (laughs) (laughs) How, uh, how many tags, how many buck tags do you have left? How many deer tags do you have left? Four tags left, one buck tag left. Okay. Uh, We get six a year. Um, in my portion of Virginia, so three bucks, three does. So, uh, I'm definitely sitting on that last buck tag unless that, that next like wall hanger comes through. I'm probably not going to take another buck, but I'd like to like to shoot another doe if I can. Yeah. I mean, how much longer do you have in your season? Sheesh. (laughs) Uh, I think rifle here closes like January 8th this year. And then like I was saying, those are super overpopulated counties. Like one of them runs until like the end of April and then there are some counties, you know, an hour north of me that are basically year round. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. But I like, I also hit like a burnout point at some point where I'm just like, I'm going to go fishing. <laughs> so, I, I don't, I don't hit that point. I never hit yeah. that point. Um, but what I do hit is a point where suddenly my mind starts thinking about turkeys. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of, I, I really, I feel you, um, scales don't get it. It's spurs, but you know, mm-hmm. tomato, tomato, um, dude, I'm pulling for you, man. What do you, what is your approach going to be to fill that last buck tag? Since you're waiting on something bigger, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. Like I've been listening to so many like podcasts and stuff recently about just like the, like the acorn production this year and like how that is apparently it's just like a, like a banner year mm-hmm. for, mass dropping and so um all the leaves here have definitely like kind of come down like there's a lot less browse there's a lot less that kind of stuff like ag for the most part is kind of like getting cleared out in a lot of places um so i think i might kind of push more into like some of those big like mass production areas and look for you know acorns and stuff like that um or water like we haven't we've had a very dry winter so far so like water might be an approach for me um, but beyond that, I'm not quite, you know, not quite sure. So that's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you taking time. I appreciate chatting sure. with you. Um, I'm looking, are you coming to deer camp? I can't recall next year, next year. Hopefully. Okay. Yeah. You're gonna, you got to come to Turkey camp. That'll be a blast. Um, cool. In yeah, the spring, but, uh, man, I'm pulling for you. I'm hoping we do a part two of this when you kill another Boone and Crockett with that last tag, man. Yeah, I would love that. Um, and, you know, we should get you guys up here and do some Virginia hunting at some point, too. I want to come shoot a bear. That's what I wanted to come do. Let's let's Dude, plan a bear yeah. hunt. That is, that's on my list. Uh-huh. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but this joker's grinning ear to ear. He hasn't looked this excited talking about deer. Yeah. He looked this excited talking about fishing there for a moment, and then I brought up bear, yeah. and the guy's got a, a smile ear to ear right now. So yeah. uh, I think just, you know, I haven't yet, so it's something yeah. new. Um, yeah. Well, dude, I appreciate it. I got one final question for you, and then I'm going to let you go. Shoot. Shoot. Did you lose a fight with the weed whacker? Where'd the beard go? Oh, man. Uh, so the beard came off. One of my clients is this incredible nonprofit called Beyond Boundaries, mm-hmm. uh, and they do outdoor adventure for people with physical and mental disabilities mm-hmm. and for vets and for people in recovery. Um you know, so like rafting trips, climbing trips, fishing, all this kind of stuff for all these underserved groups. 
And every year they do a mustache growing contest in November with another nonprofit here called M4K. Uh, and so, you know, showing solidarity with my client and also just because I really believe in Beyond Boundaries mission of bringing outdoor adventure to everybody and bringing accessibility in the outdoors to everybody. Uh, I took my beard off and have been growing this awful little mustache that I have here. Um, I feel like I look like I'm trying to sell used DVDs by the side of the road or something, but, um, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a good time. So I think collectively our team has raised like almost 35 K from beyond boundaries. And I personally have raised like almost two grand from beyond boundaries. That's awesome, man. That's um, awesome. Yeah, man. So, um, it's been, it's been a blast. I love that organization. I'm happy to be able to support them. That's awesome, dude. Well, I appreciate you coming on guys. If you want to be a part of a group of of guys that gives all kinds of awesome feedback that you get to hear stories like this literally during deer season, it's on the daily. Uh, Brett's got a deer count of how many deer have been killed and it's our big game animals have been killed and the deer as well. He keeps all this data and we talk about it in the group all the time. Check out the link below. Uh, It's in the show notes, Patreon. Uh, Go check out Trailhead Creative. Show him some love. Until next time, Y'all enjoy the great outdoors.